With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan, and I'm here with Zach. Um, where are you? <laughs> you're... You're sitting. You're sitting, uh, having lunch somewhere, right? Or just... I'm sitting outside of a KFC in Ahoskie, North Carolina, and and Ahoskie claims to be the only town of that name in the United States. So if anybody can verify or contradict that, I'd love to hear it. Oh, that's good. I, I had a friend once who was from a little town in Northwest Iowa called Primgar, and they made they they said the they were pretty sure they were the only Primgar too. I think they took the they took the initials of the first settlers and made a made a name out of it or something. So. Yeah, I think a husky is a local Indian name. Yeah, um, it's like it's a it sounds like it's a Native American name of some kind. A husky. Okay. Well, if anybody knows where there's an a husky, not in North Carolina, they can let us know. But you're there. I'm I'm here in in uh, Murphy's, California, and uh, okay. Let's let's not spend too much time on this, but we got to talk about the refereeing um, debacle uh, at San Mames on Sunday. So you're you're a big fan of VAR, so you can <laughs> so I think what this what this shows was that VAR is still subject to the whims of the people reviewing it. Would you say that is yeah. our referee has played a rather important role in this match? If the selling point like the the and I heard so much of this before VAR became like a huge whatever that, oh, we need, we need VAR because it gets the calls right. We want to make sure we get the call right. And for Pete's sake, can we, can we really honestly say that a shot from two feet away when a defender has his hands behind his back, like, is that getting the call right? It, 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 I mean, we're, we, we have just as much outrage and debate and controversy over the video review as he would have if he just made the dumb call immediately. So I, I don't see the value added that VAR is bringing to the table. And the, the I, I write for two clubs for SB Nation. I write about Villarreal, uh, which is where I spend most of my time doing, and I do write a little bit for the Everton site as well. And and later on in the more uh, later on in the morning after we had our VAR controversy, Everton gets a game winning goal against Manchester United wiped away. Because Gilfie Sigurdsson was sitting down in front of the goal, and they said that him sitting down obstructed the view of six foot four David de Gea standing in goal. And so they took, and so on video review, they took a they took a goal, a game winning goal away. And I'm just like, if the point is to get the call right, then it's not even achieving the one thing it was supposed to be good at. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, I think the, I, it feels to me, I mean, leaving aside the, the Everton situation, which, which seemed pretty strange to me too, but, but I guess the question is, is the problem with VAR the fact that 
the people, do you have really good rules for what a handball is, for example? I thought we did. You know, I, I thought, and I, evidently we don't, but I can't imagine a universe in which a defender with his hands clasped behind his back and the, and a shot taken from two feet away hits his elbow. I can't imagine how that could possibly be handball. You know, I thought we had a, we had a, um, I thought the handball rule had something to do with intent. And it also had, had to do with, there are times when, when somebody is shooting a ball at you from two feet away, you cannot possibly avoid it. So I don't know if the problem is VAR or if, if the problem is that the rule has become changed in some bizarre way that makes no sense. Well, so, and I do think that with handball, we're getting to kind of what happens in American football where, like we said, we don't really know what a catch is and kind of yeah. just know how to say it. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with handball, but like on video review in La Liga this season, I've seen this call get called as a handball. And I've seen the one where the last time Real Madrid played Sevilla, the guy was like laying on the ground and put his whole arm around the ball to control it before he kicked it into an assist. And that wasn't a handball. Right. You know? and, and these are, this is the same league reviewing what's supposed to be the same role. And I just, I don't see. As I, as angry as I was with the officials, I don't see how the officials are supposed to get that right. You know, I, I don't really see how the rules set up in such a way where we can know for a fact the official got it right. If this is how well, it yeah, I don't get it either because I don't, I don't understand why it is that you, when, before we had VAR, we certainly had calls go again. I mean, there was an infamous, um, Barcelona match where I think PK basically controlled the ball with his hand and, um, and was, um, and it wasn't called. I mean, you know, there are always going to be things like that, but I don't get what the rule is. And it's, and it's like the, what the players were saying was that, the referees came around to the um, players, I think, early in the season or maybe before the season even started and kind of explained what what their interpretation of various rules was going to be. And according to um, Sergio Asenjo, the what was said was that, you know, if you have your – basically, if you have your hands behind your back, you're not going to get called for handball, you know, in, in a situation like this. But then – I see other people saying, well, the, in fact, the referees have been instructed to, to call anything that, that hits uh, an arm, um, <laughs> or hand, handball. And if that's, if that's true, then that's a sea change in, in how the interpretation is going. And it shouldn't be happening in the middle of the season, first of all, but players ought to know what it is. See, and I, I thought, I've always understood handball as it, it had to meet one of two parameters, either intentional touching of the ball with your hand or your arm is in an unnatural position and it makes contact. Right. And it seems like those parameters aren't being used anymore. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't seem that way because if, because if the, if you're going to define unnatural position as including a position that you're taking up with your arms in, in order to avoid being hit, which is what Pal Torres did, if that suddenly becomes an unnatural position, then there's no point in doing it. And if you're going to, and the other thing is, is that, yeah, there's got to be some intent. And if you're going to start calling a foul, if you're going to start calling a penalty 
when you get hit by the ball from two feet away, then there's no point in shooting at the goal. Just shoot at the defender's arms. Completely agree because, you know, you, what, the chances you'll create off that will be penalties that are higher chance than you get from actually shooting at the goal. So just yeah. kick them all the defenders. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me, that to me made absolutely no sense. Um, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that VAR, um, uh, is the real culprit. I think the real culprit is how, is whatever the fact that nobody knows what what the rule is these days. Well, I, and I guess, I guess as far as VAR is concerned, my thing is, I, if we're going to use some, any kind of electronic review, why are we using it for things that are judgment calls? You know, cause if there, if there are things that are judgment calls by the official, then it's going to be just as subjective on review as it is when they do it the first time. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand why, you know, like, the way they do VAR and offsides gets on my nerves, but I can at least see that there is like an objective rule that they are enforcing and either his toe was across that line or it wasn't fine. I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but on something like this, it's a, it's a subjective call, no matter whether he's doing it in live time or whether he's watched it a hundred times. So why are we using video review? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I hear that. I hear that. I, I think the thing to me that, that I don't, really um get about VAR the way it's been employed in the various leagues is to me I think it was more effective when you had the ability to um to essentially show a replay that the referee on the pitch could look at once you and and make and you know it's like it's one thing for the referee to say okay well I'm going to go and look at this and once I see it, oh, I thought that this happened, but actually this happened. You know, that's that doesn't bother me. I suppose that is basically the technology assisting the guy on the pitch to to, you know, maybe see something that he couldn't otherwise see. Or in the case of um, offside, it's 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 enabling you to really get a, a, a good view of it and, and say, oh, yeah, OK, I got it right or I got it wrong. But this sending things to a referee upstairs who has apparently some sort of, again, this is very confusing, is when they have authority to buzz down to the referee and stop play or not is kind of, is kind of crazy too. And the other thing that happened, you know, late in the match was we had this possible penalty on, on, um, Alcacer when he was tackled in the box and Partly because of the way play went, there was not a stoppage right away, and so there was no VAR review, no buzz down, anything like that. Well, I don't want whether a play gets reviewed to be a reflection of, you know, so every time that we have a penalty or a possible penalty, one of the teams should kick the ball away into the stands so that we can waste time and force the VAR guy to review it. That doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, I agree with you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, I like the, I like the idea because I think in, in concept, there are, there are things where it's, it's a very, it's very difficult for a referee to see everything that's happening. Especially if, if you're in a situation like the, um, Paco thing where it was basically a long pass forward. Well, you know, the, the, the referee is still running 
in that direction. He doesn't have the, he, he, he wasn't even with the play. There's no way he could have been. So there, you know, you could, you could actually have, having a camera that he could take a look at and say, oh, okay, this is what happened. And then he makes a decision. And if he makes a decision and it's a penalty, it is. And if it isn't, it isn't, but it's his judgment call. You know, that, that the, the, only, the only thing I'd add to that, and I think you make, a, I think you make a good point. I think it would be a very serious improvement over what we have. But in, in, in sports for as long as I can remember, you know, being able as a defender, whether it's in foot, I played basketball growing up. So whether it's in soccer, whether it's in basketball, as a defender, the little things that you can do that the ref may not necessarily notice to me was always part of defending. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's part of having that wily guile as a defender that I can, you know, Sergio Ramos has made a career of this. Gerard Piquet has made a career of this. And there are two, you know, stalwarts in central defense over the last decade and a half, you know, a decade really, uh, for the Spanish national team where, you know, that little extra bump, that little extra grab, that little thing that gives you the advantage. I mean, I, I'm okay with that existing in the sport. And it's the ref's job to notice it. And I don't think it's fair to defenders to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're now going to wipe all that stuff out because we're going to have a million cameras that are not going to, you know, give you the chance to yeah. to get away with it. I, well, I, to me, I, it, cha- it changes the sport. It does. And I think and I think where you see that is, I mean, I don't watch a, very much American football anymore, but, but you certainly see it there, right, where the where all of this – all of the changes in the game have been toward increasing scoring. And a lot of that is essentially now that, that you've got wide receivers one on one with defenders and on every play, it's like there's all of this, you know, there's a, uh, there's something where you could call something on someone. <laughs> and every, you know, I, one of the things that I find really boring is that there are, again, all of these reviews have, have essentially muddled the, well, I don't know what a catch is. I don't know what pass interference is. I don't know what, you know, what an illegal block is. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, where I think at one time, at least when I was growing up watching the NFL, I kind of had a good idea when somebody caught the ball and when they didn't. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think the other thing that is really hard for people to, you can look at anything slowed down in slow motion and kind of there are a lot of different interpretations that fans can can get from that, which I think as a referee, you sort of understand what the limitations of the of the technology. But I just think that it's I I still think there's a place for VAR, but I'm I'm beginning to come around to the notion that the way it's being operated is just is just pointless. And. And if you're not going to have and publish before the season starts clear explanations of what you're looking for and what's okay and what's not, it's just going to leave the fans more confused than ever. Because as you say, somebody sitting in front of the goal is not blocking the view of a six foot four goalkeeper. And if you're going to wave a, a, a um, if you're going to wave a goal off for that, then why aren't you waving goals off for players in offside positions who aren't interfering with the play, as it's, as they say? Now, I, I, and I, I wrote about this on the side earlier this week, but I think this might be a good segue to more general topics. 
as bad as the officiating was on several different calls to the match, I still don't think that's I, I still don't think we deserve to win that match based on how we played. Okay. Well let's let's take a short break and we'll we'll pick up on the other side with that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so yes, you wrote that, and I don't think I don't disagree with you. I I think it would be difficult for a, a neutral observer to have watched that match and think that we deserve to win it. I can I can say that we probably deserve to draw, yeah, but but when I look at at how we played, to me, if you if you back out all the refereeing controversies. It's a lot like a lot of other games we played. We had an early chance. If Gerard converts that one-on-one, it's a much different game. Yep. Right? He doesn't. Yep. He doesn't. And then from that point on, it's, it's a much more, it's a much more even game. And I think as the, um, it's hard to say exactly because the the uh, penalty came fairly early in the second half, but you know it didn't seem as if in the second half we were doing anything to improve our chances of of moving off the draw. It, it felt like it was still a fairly evenly matched game, and if anything, um, they were beginning to um, be a little more on top, wouldn't you say? I, I would agree, and, and I mean, so the question, the, the thing you have to kind of step back and think about is a, a team that, a team that had not won in 10 La Liga outings was in a dead heat with us or maybe had a mild advantage over us and we weren't able to create clear cut chances against them. Like that is a, an underlying problem. Yes. Coming. Yes. Yes, it is. And I think that's the thing that, and, and when I think back, it's a problem we've had continually um, over the last few years. It really hasn't mattered who the coach is. It hasn't mattered who the players are. It's We seem to go through one of these spells every year where we don't – I almost feel like we're trying to be um, – we're trying to be too direct sometimes, and sometimes – we get players, I was thinking like late in the match, Angisa makes one of his runs and he's got, you know, instead of shooting the ball, which is, which I would have said, you know, go ahead and shoot, you know, maybe you get a rebound or something. Then we start trying to pass the ball into the net. And, and it's kind of, you know, we, we don't, I just don't sense a coherence in, in how we're trying to attack, I guess is my underlying thought. I, I, I think. I think that Kaleha is trying to be direct with players that are naturally inclined to be less direct. You know, I mean, you, you think you, we've got these creative, inventive players in midfield and out on the wings that um, have all these clever ideas. And then 
but the game plan they're being told is get the ball and go straight at the opposing net. And so I think that's where you kind of end up with this kind of dichotomy that you're talking about, where a lot of times we'll get the turnover, we'll fly down the field, and then, you know, players' instincts take over, and next thing you know, we got like six passes and then no shot because we turned mm-hmm. them all over. Also, we decided to get injured. Um, yeah, yeah. It it just – and I can't say as it seems to matter too much uh, who – who is on the pitch either. I, I thought it was interesting that Kaleha started, um, Ontiveros instead of Moy. Um, I'm not sure I quite got that, but then again, I'm not sure I would argue with the, with the thought either, which is, you know, let's, let's change things up a bit. Ontiveros is, you know, good dribbler can maybe create problems. Um, I'm just, but I just don't see a lot of um, of the player. The only player that I can say right now in the in the front um, seven or so that is that is playing better than he was earlier in the year is Trigueros. Yeah. Everybody else, it seems to me, is kind of plateaued or is or is drifting along, and that worries me. And I think, I think in the case of the forwards, it's a lot, a lot of that comes down to isolation. I think they're more isolated than they were earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think we've kind of got the, we're kind of at this point where, uh, it, I hate to say it this way, but like they've kind of figured out Santi's thing because he's, he's not very pacey. And so if you, if you put enough pressure on him, you can cause him problems at this point. And, you know, I, our wingers are, are are trying to invert half the time, so you know they're not really pressuring you out wide. We get kind of clustered up in the middle there, where we're where they can defend us with fewer guys because we've got too many guys in one area of the pitch, and mm-hmm. it's very frustrating to watch. It is. I mean, I I I think it's what I find is, and you know, the last couple of matches have been kind of getting into this old pattern where I even hear it when I'm listening to Javi Mata on the, on the radio is that when things are going really well, you know, he gets very excited very early when we get, when we get the ball down there. And lately there's been this sort of resignation creeping into his voice. Oh, okay. We got the ball. Well, of course we didn't score with it. You know, I mean, and, and that's kind of the way I've, I've felt watching the recent matches is just that I don't have that sense of confidence that I had earlier in the year when we were, when we were really, you know, scoring multiple goals in every game. It just, it, it just seems like right now something's not clicking. Um, I don't know. It shouldn't be fatigue because we aren't playing that many games, but I do wonder if, um, you know, Santi in particular has played a lot of minutes at age 35 and, you know, is he wearing down? Um, Gerard was fairly anonymous in this last game, more so than usual. Um, you know, I think he, he tends to be kind of streaky and sort of is in and out with his confidence, I think. Um, I don't know. Al, Alcacer, uh, was too isolated. He still had a couple of good chances, but he didn't, didn't take advantage of them. 
Um, but I, I'm just not sure. I feel like we're, we're wasting a really, some really good play from, from Trigueros and to a lesser extent, Santi, um, and Moy. I mean, I think, I think these guys have been doing a really good job. I don't know what's happening with, um, Chukwese, but he's, he's regressed. I mean, I, I have not been impressed with him coming off the bench. I don't know where his head is, if it's, if he's, already thinking about moving on or what, but he hasn't seemed to be on the same page as everybody else of late. So I guess I'm, I guess I'm doing a lot of grousing, but it's also something that I've seen over and over again, most seasons at some point. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, I mean, it kind of feels like we're either going to score a world-class goal or we're just not even going to come close to scoring. Like those are the only options because earlier this season, there were more, Earlier in the season, you felt like we'd go out there and yeah, we might score a world class goal, but we were going to have some really good chances to get some, some normal, easy shots, easy chances on goal that we ought to convert. And right now we're not. Yeah, right now we're not doing that. We're getting, we're getting, and I think this is where, you know, when you look at the expected goals, you see how they've, how they've, um, really fallen in the last month is because at the beginning of the season, we were creating a lot of chances. We were getting a lot of shots. We haven't been getting that many. I think we maybe had eight or nine shots against Bill Bow. I don't think we had many more than that against Levante. I think we, I think, I think 10 is what they had us down at. Yeah, and but I bet if, I bet if we go back and look at the last few matches that we're, you're going to see it, it's, I mean, sure, Athletic Bilbao and 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 Atletico Madrid are good, you know, they're good defensive teams. But I bet if you look at at our shots compared to to the average they allow, we're still on the low side. And earlier this year we were on the we were on the high end, as I recall. Well, and I I think I think we're kind of at a point in the season where the the next four weeks are going to decide it. Well, the next four matches are going to decide everything. Yep. Um, we, you know, we, we've got, I know we've got Ligonus and then Celta. I don't remember. We, we've got two other teams after that that were above in the table. We got, uh, let's see. We, we've got, we play Sevilla in there. Let me see. We've got, um, we have Ligonus. We, we play at Celta. We host Mallorca. We play away at Granada and then we have Sevilla. So, so those are, those so are the in, five. In, in the match, in the matches before that Sevilla match, I mean, realistically, you want 10 points out of those four matches. I would agree. Re- realistically. Yeah. And, and, I, and I feel like if we don't get it, then we're not going to go to the Europa League next year. It's just not going to happen. I think that's, uh, that's right. Because I, when I look at our schedule, I see we need to have, um, I would say, I guess the way I look at it is we need to have 12 points from those next five. So we can, we can go to, to, um, the Sevilla match with only nine. If we beat Sevilla, that's 12. But if we don't, if we do that, then we're on 50 points and we're, and you look at the rest of the season and, we, and yeah, we're in the, we're in the hunt. If we end up with say six points or, or something from those five matches, forget it. I mean, we're, we're not going to be, and at that point, you're in the, you're in the situation where you're not going to make Europa League. You're not going to be relegated. You're basically playing out the string. And you know what's, you know what's ridiculous about that situation? 
we're probably the fourth or fifth most talented team in the league. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and so, like, why why is it even a discussion? Like, why are we on the outside looking in? Why aren't we, you know, up there where Sevilla is, where we're like, okay, we're going to make Europe. It's just a matter of which European competition we end up in, and, you know, you're kind of battling out that way. Yeah. And, and that, to me... And, and I, I hate that Robin's not here to, to give us his Kaleha pep talk, but like that to me is, is where I'm missing it with Kaleha. I'm not saying that like I've got a magical answer of who we go out and get, right? But as talented as this team is, I mean, this is, I know that Villarreal doesn't tend to think of itself this way, but we're really one of the most talented teams on planet Earth. And we're, we're, there's a very good chance we don't make Europe at all. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's true. Um it was it was interesting. you know, last year we had this dichotomy too where we played so well in Europe for, you know, for a while there. We, you know, we we um until we lost to Valencia eventually, but the team played so well in Europe and and struggled in in La Liga. Um and this year, I just, yeah, I mean, I look at the teams in La Liga and, and I think of all the clubs that are, I mean, even the big two are not having the greatest seasons. No, so, really not. so it really, when you look at it, the fact that nobody, you know, even third and fourth, the fact that Hatafe are, are doing as well as they are is kind of a tribute to their Style of play, I guess, and the, and the fact that they, they, um, Bordelos has them all pushing in the same direction, but the fact that they can take a team like that and are, you know, in fourth place, that's a tribute to them, but it's also showing you how much, how much, we could be up there. <laughs> we are, we are way more talented than Hitafe. We're just not as well managed. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have to say again, I mean, it, it also comes down to we're not as well managed. And I do wonder if our roster is, gets back to that question of, well, if we had, have we got too many eggs in one basket in our roster? Or, you know, are we, are we, do we have, yes, we have a collection of, of excellent players. Are we a team? Yeah. And part of that is maybe coaching and part of that is maybe, decisions by the front office in terms of who they where they prioritize their their spending i don't you know i think we can argue about that i just i wish we had robin here and i you know maybe we can try and get him on next time to um to um kind of give his point a little bit because i think it's it's hard for me to see why when we play teams that are not as talented as us, we don't seem to have a game plan that, that gives us the win always. I mean, when you look at, we tend to play well against teams that are above us in the table. We tend to yep. really get up for those games. It's the games against the, the teams like, um, Valladolid and, and, um, and, uh, Celta and, and, um, Levante, you know, teams that we ought to be not the real bottom feeders, but teams that we are better than, you know, right. 
that we don't seem to be able to get those points. And that's and, that's not unique to Kaleha. That's been going on for a long time. So I don't know. And, and so it, it's one of those things. It'd be one football's a, a weird sport. So like there's enough random chance that you know you, you don't necessarily you know going in that you're not going to beat every single smaller team that you play. Mm-hmm. You know, like but you should at least come away from just about all of those matches saying, based on the match I just watched, on the balance of play, we should have won. It didn't work out for us, but we deserve to win. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and we're not seeing that. I mean, and I think Levante is a good example. I, I happened to watch Levante two weeks in a row. They played us, uh, and we beat them, and then they played, uh, Real Madrid, and they beat Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, Honestly, Real Madrid put a better performance against them than we did. Like we had two incredible shots that happened to go in. Mm-hmm. And and they they went out there and and Real Madrid pelted them for 90 minutes and just a couple balls didn't go their way. And so and, and so like on that individual instance you're like, "Oh, well we got three points and they didn't." Well, yeah, but the fact that Real Madrid can consistently put those kind of performances up against West Townsend teams are why are why they're up at the top of the league. And you know, if we if we had the more consistent performances, then over the course of a thirty eight game season, more of the results would go our way and we wouldn't have to worry about whether or not we even make European competition. Right. I think and I think you know that it's it really is a when I we really have been an in and out team this year. I mean, we if you go back and look at at the league performances we had in let's see, starting in in October when we lost to a bar up, up there, we went six matches without a win. Then we defeated Sevilla in Sevilla December fifteenth, and then we went in the next six. Um, league matches, we had five wins. We, we lost to Espanol at home, which was still kind of unforgivable, I think. But now we seem to be in another one of these phases where in the last four matches we've won one with the Levante match, um, drawn one and lost two. And so we've got to turn this around real quick. If we can go off on one of these Winning five or six matches in a row, great. Then, then I'll feel a lot better. I think we all will. But it, it, there just hasn't been the consistency that that you would think we would have with the with the roster we have. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Leganes this weekend. You want to make a prediction on that one? I think we'll beat Leganes. I think we beat Leganes this week and then uh, draw or lose to Celtic the week after. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to say 2-1 over Leganes, mostly because we, every time we've played them in the league at home, we've won 2-1. <laughs> okay. So, so, um, yeah, we, we, um, have to hope that they stay up because we, of the teams that are, that are typically below us, we tend to do really well against them <laughs> for whatever right. reason. So, um, anyway, any, any last thoughts? And I guess we'll, we'll leave it there. Uh, no, I think, I think we've just about covered it. Oh, I do want to point out that, and it should go up literally any minute now based on when I scheduled it. We have a feature on the Villarreal Nebraska Academy that's getting ready to go up. And I'm hoping to do several of these where we focus on some of the Villarreal Academies that are based here in the United States. 
Um, so check that out, and they got some they got some really cool stuff going on. All right, excellent. I'll, I'll um, by the time I publish this, that'll that'll be up there, but I think. But I will make sure that to mention that again. And uh, that sounds great. So um, I don't have much to say other than I think this is the time to put the pedal to the metal, or or you know, else the last month or two of the season is going to seem pretty dreary. Um, so I'm hoping that we can get it turned around and. Leganes on Sunday will be the first of several um, several big wins. I'm actually going to be, ironically enough, given um, that we just played them um, tomorrow. The, the um, athletic club, um, the Pena in um, San Francisco, is having a big watch party for their second leg of the Copa. So um, Elisa and I are going to go there and and uh, and see them. A uh, bunch of bunch of great great people. Um, involved with that, and I said I probably I promised not to talk too much about the Powell penalty decision. So, okay. <laughs> although, although I think they even said, you know, we're kind of embarrassed about that ourselves. So, <laughs> okay. anyway, sounds good. We'll talk to you later. And for for Zach, this is Alan, and for Virial USA, end of on Virial.